0: Hey, my name is Josh Walker. I'm one of the owners of REIT Investing, and we are going to talk about what is a syndicated deal, part two. In part one, we talked about why you should even care. We defined a syndicated investment. We talked about who's involved. We talked about how they are truly passive, covered the minimum investment, covered what a waterfall is. So if you have any questions about those, go back and listen to the previous episode. So let's continue this discussion with how do you get paid? And so once you've invested in this deal, there will typically be some amount of time. It can be whatever the sponsor dictates, but common is two to four months and some of the heavier lift investments. Um, If it's a property that needs a whole lot of renovating, um, the delay could even be up to a year. Uh, But after some uh, generally predefined period of time, you will start to receive monthly or quarterly distributions. So this is your share of the monthly profit. And so know, we defined what the preferred return or the PREF is in the last episode. And so know that this amount of money can differ and likely will differ from the PREF. A lot of people get confused and they see an 8% PREF and they assume, okay, it's an 8% PREF. I'm going to put $100,000 in. 8% of $100,000 is $8,000. So I'm going to get, if I have monthly distributions, I'm going to get $8,000 a year. They'll take 8,000, divide it by 12, and they will assume that they're going to get that amount of money each month. Do not make that assumption that is almost never the case. It can be, but it is almost never the case. All kinds of things can affect the actual profitability, high or low, with these types of assets. And so if you want to get a better indication of what that monthly or quarterly profit is going to be, you need to look at what is called the pro forma. So let's define the pro forma. So, for a syndication, it is the sponsor's estimation of your future returns. So, within the deal packet, you'll always get this packet and it'll be, you know, 15, 20 pages long and it'll have all the highlights of the deal. Within this packet, you'll find a pro forma that will break out the projected returns for each year of the deal, including the sale at the end. And it'll go through, you have a predetermined waterfall that we discussed in the previous episode, and it'll go through all of those, uh, estimations. So it's not uncommon for a deal to have something like a seven or 8% pref and the pro forma might show that you should expect five or 6% in year one, six or 7% in year two, and that grows over time. So what's the difference between these two things? Um, If what you actually receive is less than the PREF, so if it's an 8% PREF and you're receiving 6%, that difference will continue to accrue, meaning that that difference is banked and it's still owed to you before the sponsor receives any amount of the profit. So uh, let's talk about why these profits would potentially start out low and grow over time. So a lot of the multifamily deals that we look at and that we roll out to our investors are what uh, are called value add deals. Uh, We are huge fans of value add deals. And what this means is that the sponsor is going to add value uh, through to, to, to the asset through capital improvements. Think renovations on the common areas of an apartment complex, the pool, and upgrading the units as tenants move in and out. So this process can be pretty capital intensive and it takes sometimes a lot of time. And so uh, it usually results in a temporary decrease in occupancy. So if you acquire an asset that has 80% occupancy, but you're gonna do all this work to it. And every time somebody moves out, you're gonna renovate the unit and that's gonna take a few weeks before somebody else can move in and you're going to raise the rent when they move in that p- during that period of time, your occupancy may dip to something like 70%. It'll almost certainly be less than it, is, than it was when you bought it. And so um, good sponsors understand the pace at which they can do these renovations and they build that into the model and it's reflected in the pro forma. On a medium to large size apartment complex, this process might take 18 to 24 months. Obviously this can vary widely depending on the sponsor, depending how many units, depending upon how significant the upgrades are, all those things. But if they do too many of these renovations at once, then you take a risk of the occupancy dropping to a point where they can't give any distributions and they put at risk their ability to make to service the debt, the bank debt that is uh, involved in this asset. If they do them too slow, then the process can take forever. But as units are upgraded and tenants move back back in, rent is increased. So one thing to know is that apartment complexes, multifamily, industrial buildings, all these different things, all these different asset types that we love to invest in are generally valued based on net operating income. They are not valued on comps like a house is. When you see this house is like that house and these five houses that are just like mine just sold for an average of, pick a number, right? $350,000. That's not how these are valued. You can have an asset that looks completely different. Maybe it looks worse than that one down the street, but this one generates, $2 million worth of net operating income a year. And that one generates a million. This one is going to be worth significantly more. So, uh, the whole process, this whole process is a way for a sponsor to force appreciation versus just waiting and seeing what, how, how this property appreciates over time. So you've got this value add piece, this renovation time period, we discussed you know, keep, keep in your mind 18 to 24 months potentially. So, what happens next? So, after all these renovations have been completed, there's a stabilization period. So, this is the time when tenants are moving back in and rent is being increased. So, obviously, this happens throughout the entire process, but you want to get back to this kind of 90% occupancy for six to 12 months. 90% occupancy for six to 12 months is what banks generally consider a stabilized asset. Why do we care if a bank considers it stabilized or not? Once you have a stabilized asset, now you are you have the option to refinance or sell the property. If you're going to sell it, um, You want a decent amount of time when you can prove this is the true net operating income. If you have this net operating income that is significantly more, but there's only a two month history, nobody's gonna pay you on that. If you have a year's worth, people understand, okay, that's what this property can deliver. But let's talk specifically about the refinance opportunity. And so the the refinance is an amazing thing in a syndicated deal. I often refer to this as the holy grail of syndicated investments. And so it's it, it, uh, the reason that I refer to it as the as the Holy Grail is that it allows the sponsor to go to a bank, say we've taken the value from here to here. they can withdraw that equity and distribute it back proportionately to all of the investors and it's all tax-free. It is not tax deferred. It is not anything other than tax-free because that is your equity in that asset. And you are simply removing it from the property. So not every asset will refi. Uh, some sponsors are, um, like the refi option more than others. Some just want to go to a sale as fast as they can. And that can be amazing as well. Uh, But this can, this can return to you as an investor, a significant portion of your initial investment. I have been in deals that they did a refi two years into the deal and I got 30% of my initial investment back. I have a deal, where they've refied, it's either been three or four times and we're five years into it and they have delivered two times my initial investment back and I'm still in the deal. That's the other beauty of the refi. You get get a significant amount of your investment back, it's tax-free, but you're still in the deal. So what you would expect after that is that the distributions, the monthly or quarterly distributions are almost certainly gonna drop. So why would they drop? Because the debt service is now higher, right? You pulled that equity out. Now you have a new mortgage essentially on that property, and it's going up. That the the monthly debt service that you pay has increased, and so your distributions are likely going to decrease. Um, Having uh, let's see. So so a- after the uh, after a potential refi. So now you're you're in year three or four of the deal, you've been receiving distributions and your sponsor is likely testing the market to see what they could sell this asset for, see what it would appraise for. And so they're doing, um, due diligence on, uh, other sponsors or other investors are doing due diligence on this apartment complex as they're testing the market. And that can take time. This can take months. So depending on the state of the market, the sponsor may see that it's best to sell, or they may elect to hold it for a longer period of time and potentially do another refi. Um, so let's talk about how long these tip, these deals typically last. Know that this can be highly variable and there is nothing set in stone. Uh, there will be an estimated term that will be in the deal packet, but understand that this is just an estimate. Most estimates are three to 10 years and the average is about five. These sponsors understand you want your money back. You want that return. They, unless they are a buy and hold, investor, and that is completely explained in the packet, they know that their job is to acquire this asset, increase the net net operating income, and then deliver a significant return to their investors. What you don't want is a sponsor who is forced into selling to meet a certain term. If If year five rolls around and the market is down, it's a huge advantage to be able to just sit and hold this property for longer. Know that rent typically does not decrease nearly as fast as property values do in a down market. And the impact is is not only delayed, but it's less significant. So as property value, if you have a, call it a, a real estate market crash or a lull, the effect on the value, if you were to sell it, can be immediate. The effect on the rents that you bring in is less significant and often very, very delayed. Oftentimes the market recovers before the effect on rents is ever even seen. So let's talk about the entire timeline in a theoretical deal. So you have the acquisition, you have the renovation taking 18 to 24 months. You have a stabilization period of 12 months or so. And maybe during that stabilization period, they're uh, they're looking into whether or not they can refinance the property. Maybe they elect to do that. Maybe they don't. And then you look into what does a sale look like, and that could take 12 to 24 months. So that's kind of where you get this typical five-year time frame. Um, all kinds of things can alter this, this time frame. Markets can shift. Interest rates can fluctuate significantly as we've seen recently, supply and demand, the timing of the renovation, and then just other external factors, COVID is a, is a significant, uh, or it's, it's a, it's something that nobody could foresee, but it had a significant impact on the timing of a lot of these deals, whether they were about to exit or maybe they weren't. And all of a sudden they realized the impact was that now that property was worth a ton more and they could go ahead and sell it. So there are all kinds of things that can and will impact these uh, the timeline of a deal. So another thing we should cover is taxes. So one of the main reasons that we love syndicated deals is that real estate can provide very, very strong returns with very minimal taxes. These deals are investing in real assets, which can be depreciated and depreciation is passed on to the investors in it's proportionate share and it typically allows for tax-free or deferred distributions. So the monthly, quarterly checks that you're getting, you typically will have plenty of of depreciation to make those tax-free for a number of years. There's the potential tax-free refinance and then upon an eventual sale, the investors will pay long-term capital gains taxes which, are, which can be much less than you would pay on earned income. Another thing you can do once you start creating a portfolio of these is if you have a sale in one year of an asset, but you have an acquisition of another asset in the same year, or maybe you did it the year before, you invested in another deal, those, that depreciation of the new deal can offset the sale of the previous deal. And you can continue to to roll this thing forward in a tax-free way, essentially forever. There's no limit on the amount of time that you can create these tax-free distributions. So we love syndicated real estate because of its great returns. It's, It's a real asset that you can touch. It is very, very difficult for these deals to go to zero. They are easy to understand. This is not an overly complicated thing. You own an asset. People want to live in it. They pay you rent. There are expenses. So you've got the rent coming in. You got the expenses going out. The difference is the profit. There is minimal and very manageable downside risk. You get to work with some people who are amazing at what they do that's the biggest key the golden rule of syndications is that there's no such thing as a good deal with a bad sponsor so you find amazing people who are amazing at what they do latch on to them and these things are truly passive you do all of your work on the front end you invest it and then it's not an emotional decision one of the problems with the stock market is that it is highly emotional. They're, it is very, very volatile. You're always wondering, there's a lot of angst, what should I sell, should I buy? With these deals, you do all your work on the front end, you invest it, they're illiquid. So you. it is very, very difficult to get your money back out until they distrib- distribute that money. You can potentially sell your shares to another person in the deal, but because they're illiquid, there is an illiquidity premium. So these deals, should and generally do pay a higher return than deals that are very, very liquid like the stock market. So that's the general explanation for what a syndicated deal is. Go to areitinvesting.com to learn more.